0: I love the line in that one song. Soul, don't you get shy on me. Isn't that great? Why do we let our soul be shy? Especially like when we're surrounded by family. Brothers and sisters in Christ. And singing songs of worship to our great God. We, we shouldn't be shy at all. That was a great line. Hey, so while I was away all summer or a lot of the summer Uh, you guys were here holding the fort down and I want to say thank you and I want to especially thank you and affirm you for your tremendous support of our um, love Bernie schools effort all week you guys were competing I understand and um, you did a great job Uh, you just did a really really wonderful job showing our local schools that um, Sybil Creek is in their corner and um you guys donated hundreds of shoes to go into backpacks and back to school clothes options for some families in our area you um you donated all sorts of surprises the words I got is mountain of supplies that were distributed uh to um Our schools to kids in our schools to uh, the nurses who oversee the care of our kids in our schools who a lot of times have to come up with those supplies by themselves and sibyl creek's been in their corner now for a number of years and you guys are so generous and then um, over 400 children received brand new backpacks full of school supplies and clothes to go back to the school year with Uh, these are families that need this sort of help and um if you remember those days going back to school and just knowing that you know you got some new clothes some new cool shoes on it just makes a world of difference so i I just want you guys to know your donations make a difference those things that you shared throughout the summer are blessing children all around our area and families all around our area and i I just want you guys to recognize that does that make sense so thank you and i want to just say to you to those of you who through your donations support this church thank you we are incredibly grateful for your provision toward our church and its ministry and the continuation of things that We hope to do in your life and in the life of our community and so those of you who are making the choice to donate to cibola creek thank you and for those of you who attend our church and you think of your this church as your church family this is your church and you're not currently giving by way of donations i would just ask you to prayerfully consider a monthly gift towards your church makes an enormous difference And so I just want to encourage you to consider doing that. You can go to our website. You can learn a little bit more about different ways that you can give to Sybil Creek, and I'll just tell you, your donations make a difference. Make sense? Let me ask you a question. Am, Am I the only one who spends an inordinate amount of time Wishing that I had this entourage of experts who just followed me around all day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, free of charge (laughs) to help me with things I don't understand, with things I don't know how to do. Are things i don't have the skill to do am i the only one who wishes i had people to help me it feels like i'm the only one you guys are just looking at me with blank stares i think about this a lot wouldn't it be nice to have some experts like who follow you around and so i was i was thinking about like who would be in my entourage and and here's here's the list i came up with I, i'd like to start with a nutritionist I mean, somebody to slap candy and cupcakes out of my hands. Somebody who would get in my face and give me the hairy eyeball when I'm considering eating my fourth donut. What is it with donuts? They're my kryptonite. I've never met a donut I didn't like. Except, except donuts with bacon on it. No, you don't put bacon on donuts. Okay, I'm sorry. You just but I'm the guy who I have to have my pancakes and waffle on a separate plate than my eggs and my sausages because they can't run together (laughs) but donuts I can't say no so somebody just help me think through the choices I make like when to eat how much to eat I need some help on why I mean just a nutritionist would be a fitness coach somebody to drag me out of the bed in the morning make sure I get dressed and out the door whether I'm swimming or biking or running they come with the workout for the day they know what um, you know how many sets we're going to do how many reps in each set they know what the rest interval is and then they keep me honest to it any of you exercise you know how this works your exercise interval is like two minutes and I think the clock just breaks. And then you have a rest interval for one minute, and it's like a fan. It just goes so fast. So I need somebody to coach me through that and keep me honest to my rest intervals just being a certain amount of time. And somebody to you know, reassure me that the aches and pains are normal. I, I don't, I'm not dying. I mean, this, the, a financial manager, somebody to, Paul, don't buy that. You don't need it. Somebody to help me think through where I should be saving my money, what stocks are great, investments, I, I, I need a therapist, Somebody to just reassure me that I'm not really crazy. all right? Just talk me through. I'd, I'd like a therapist to just sort of walk beside me and sort of like this, just don't say that. <laughs> don't, don't say that. Or, or you should probably say something right now. You should, speak up. I need a therapist to help me answer the question. Do, does this dress make me look fat? I mean, just <laughs> help me with that. I, I need thought. Um, I'd love to have a mechanic who just, you know, all those bells and whistles going off on my dashboard. They'd explain that to me and how I'd fix it. Um, I could use an appliance technician. I think, I think appliances in your home, there's an ecosystem and they all talk to each other. And one of them says, okay, on, uh, the oven says, on Thursday, I'm going to stop working. <laughs> It'll be the next Thursday before they even get a repairman out to help them. And so um, we'll give them a week of the oven being broken. And then on Friday, when they, after they get the oven fixed, Friday, dryer, you're up. You have to stop working. <laughs> Is that just me? All right. Um, I, a, a computer technician? I know my way around a computer as long as there's nothing new or different. It's just the stuff I know how to do, but something doesn't work and then I'm, I'm lost. A home repairman. It seems like it's an endless task. There's always something that needs to be fixed. So about, I'm going to say 15 years ago, 12 to 15 years ago, I was talking with a really good friend of mine, and I was telling him. one of the things that i really most wanted to be able to say in life is that i was i was capable of repairing things and the truth of the matter at that time i was not i i didn't have the tools i didn't have the know-how i had no experience i was i was awful i could i could hang a, a you know a fan but i would always make something worse before it got better and i'd always need like eight trips to home depot i was just awful at it and he said he would help me because he's really good at that stuff he's got all the tools he knows how to use all the tools he got i've never met him i've never seen him be outside of something that he doesn't understand how to fix whether it's cars or appliances or something around he's, he's incredible and so for like 10 years like maybe three out of the four fridays of a month that's my day off He'd come to my house, and we'd work on a project together. And the, the way I paid him is I took him to lunch. And so we'd meet in the morning. We'd sort of you know, appraise what the situation was, what we wanted to do. We'd go to Home Depot. We'd get all the supplies. We'd come back, and we'd work. And we'd go to lunch. And then we'd come back, and we'd work a few more hours. And, and literally three, four Fridays a month for like 10 years. And we did so many projects together and along the way i learned some wonderful things he he helped me kind of get together a collection of tools that i need he he's a great teacher he could explain things in ways that i could understand and then he would he would show me what to do and then he'd make me do it and i learned so much from him but here's the biggest thing that i learned from him is i learned confidence that now i'm doing things without his help that i would have never imagined doing 10 years ago i still text him now and then and ask a question to make sure i'm not going to blow something up but generally i'm doing things i've never done before and through through that experience i've learned one of the most valuable lessons in all of life in fact this is a lesson that wise people understand you ready the lesson is this hard things are easier with help wise people understand that there's nothing there's no shame in asking for help hard things become a whole lot easier if you have help do you understand that okay but we're not here to talk about repairing appliances around your house are we No, what we've been talking about is we've been talking about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. And we've been talking about it in three dimensions. It's like spending time with Jesus, getting to know him, and allowing him to get to know you. We've been talking all summer about becoming like Jesus, looking at his virtues, his character traits, his attitudes, and asking, are are those things that are true of me? Do I reflect Jesus in these ways? And then we're going to start... Two weeks from now, we're going to start a discussion of doing what Jesus did to look at the habits and the practices of Jesus and how he went about living his life and seeing what we can learn about how we should live our life. And so this summer, we've been looking at this idea of becoming like Jesus. We've talked about all these different virtues and traits of Jesus. There's just one problem. There's just one problem. The hardest thing for a human being to do is to become more like Jesus. And I don't think the church is always honest to that. I think the church sort of misleads people into thinking, well, anybody can do it. It's easy. You know what? It's not. The hardest thing for a human being to do is to become more like Jesus. And not for reasons that you might think you might think, well, it's hard to become more like Jesus because, well, Jesus is God and I can't be God. I mean, Jesus could walk on water and he could turn water into wine and make blind eyes see. I can't do that. Yeah, because that's not what Jesus invited us to. Those are things that are uniquely his. He invited us to become more like him in his love and his grace and his forgiveness and his faithfulness he he invited us to be more like him in his compassion his kindness his sacrificial nature but here's the reason why it's so hard you ready now uh, this might be difficult to hear but this is the truth This is what the scriptures have been trying to help us to understand for centuries. And it's this. There is an aspect of human nature that we are by nature fallen. We've fallen away from God. We're we're depraved. Every one of us. We have the capacity for the greatest sorts of evil if given permission. We are sinful. We are, are... Our lives, our heart is contaminated by sin in all aspects. There's an aspect of human nature where fallen, depraved, sinful. That's completely resistant to. Even rebellious against. Submission and conformity to the will of God. As embodied in the life and the instructions of Jesus. Does that make sense? Why is it so hard for you and I to become more like Jesus? It's because there's a part of us as human beings that resist it. It's hard to become more like Jesus when everything inside of you is resisting it. I mean, just read Romans chapter 7. The Apostle Paul says, I, I don't know what to do. The things I want to do to please God, I, I can't seem to do that. And the things I don't want to do, I'm, I'm a, like a professional at it. And he talked about It's just like a war inside of me. Why? Because our human nature resist everything that God might want for us in a pursuit of Jesus. You know, great news, Paul. Thanks for glad I came to church today. Ah, but there is good news. There's help. Remember, hard things are easier with help. There's help. There's help for you and for me in the journey of becoming more like Jesus. In fact, did you know that that help from God is with us and in us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. To help us with the single most difficult pursuit in all of life. God has given us help. So so we have two options. To become more like Jesus, we can either try really hard. Just knuckle down, pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and really dig in and try to be more compassionate and try to be more gracious try to be more sacrificial. We can try really hard or, or we can learn to harness the help of the Holy Spirit. But you know what, for many Christians, many American Christians, this is all so weird and spooky and we don't get this, that we would just rather do it this way. So, so today we're going to explore a little bit of the Holy Spirit. We're going to explore a little bit today and we're going to continue exploring a little bit next Sunday. You guys interested? Now, it'll be a stretch. You're going to have to sort of allow for some things that maybe you've never heard before or you're not comfortable with. We're just going to have to explore this help that God has provided to you and to me as Christians if we hope to become more like Jesus. Otherwise, we're left on our own. All right. So you, you guys game? So I have a very astute statement to make. You ready? This is why you pay me the big bucks. Spiritual growth is fundamentally spiritual in nature. Worked on that all week. Thank you. What we have to understand is this idea of becoming more like Jesus is fundamentally a spiritual pursuit of life it's spiritual in nature it's different than any other thing that you might give yourself to and so we have to understand and recognize that if we hope to make any progress in the journey of becoming more like Jesus in other words spiritual growth happens through spiritual means now we get that physically if we're talking about physical growth, we understand that things like eating, drinking, and sleeping and connecting with other human beings, just, just a couple of really essential ingredients to the 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 physical experience of our life in order for us to grow. Do you make, does that make sense? Okay, so the same is true spiritually. It requires some resources that are uniquely spiritual in order for us to facilitate what happens in our life spiritually. And those things are different. They're different than food and drink and sleep and connection. And So we have to understand, what are those other things? Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. If we just try harder, the more we attempt to manufacture spiritual growth to purely human means, I'll just go to church a lot. They tell me I'm supposed to read my Bible, so I'll, I'll do the five minutes and I'll, tick, I'll check that box. Everybody else is raising their hands. I guess I'll do that too. And we try to manufacture spiritual growth through purely human means. The more frustrated, disappointed, and disillusioned we become. Because in the end, after a period of time, we just go. We throw up our hands for a different reason. Like It doesn't work. I don't get it. Oftentimes we conclude, I'm just a loser. I guess I can't do this spiritual stuff. Why? Because we're doing it without the help. Or, Or is that just me? The primary role of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christian is to nurture spiritual growth in the journey of becoming more like Jesus. Does that make sense? To become more like Jesus it requires the work of the Holy Spirit and our connection to it. But again, it, it's just so unfortunate. After centuries, centuries, the church is still relatively clueless about the Holy Spirit. Oh, we we understand a little bit about God. We understand a little bit about Jesus, but man, the Holy Spirit—we don't. We, that's, we don't talk about him much. But he's the one linchpin to everything that we're attempting to do. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you give you a primer. Okay? This is just the basics. I know some of you were like, oh, I learned that years ago. I know, I know, but I'm just just getting us started. It's next week. You ready? God, God is really more more a title than a name. God is a title for What we discover in the scriptures to be a trinity there's god there's jesus and the holy spirit and the way that the bible speaks of these three divine beings is that they live in complete equality to each other complete harmony with each other and that what's true of one is true of the other that the holy spirit is everything that god is and Jesus was everything that the Holy Spirit is. And so one of the ways that you might be able to break this out is, is not that they're different. It's just that they play different roles. R-O-L-E-S. And, and here's a simple way to think of it. God is primarily described as a great king. Now he's also described as a rock a refuge, a shepherd, a father. Those are just, those are the scriptures describing the different aspects and the which, uh, ways in which God does his thing. God the Father. But he's primarily portrayed in the scriptures is, is, is that he's the king, the sovereign controller of all that exists. Jesus, primarily... Yes, he's described as the good shepherd and the door and the way, the truth, and life. Those are all different dimensions of how we understand Jesus. But his primary role that he plays is that he's a savior. He and the father made an agreement that he would come to earth... Take on the limitations of a human being. And then he would offer his life as a payment for the sins of a fallen, depraved, sinful person. So his primary role is that of Savior. The Holy Spirit is described in the scriptures with this word, advocate. Advocate. And I kind of hesitated putting that word there because I I didn't want to confuse you. It, It just means helper. His primary role, the reason for which he exists is to help you and me in the journey of becoming more like Jesus. That's what he exists for. So. Jesus talks about him. He's introducing the Holy Spirit to the disciples in discussions that we meet, uh, that we see in um, the Gospel of John, chapters 13, 14, 15. Um, the discussion, here's parts of the discussion. Jesus said, You know, if you love me, you'll, you'll do what I ask you to do, you'll keep my commands. And, and I will ask the Father, okay, so Jesus. Is asking the father. I'll ask the father. And he. The father will give you. Another. Advocate. To help you. Did you get the discussion? Jesus. Talking to God the father. Asking him. Hey would you send the disciples. And all of those. Who will be disciples. Will you send them some help somebody to advocate on their behalf to help you and to what be with you forever 24 hours a day seven days a week and that is the spirit of truth the world people without God without faith in God the world cannot accept him there's no room for him in them because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him watch this for he lives with you and will be in you he's your entourage he's with you 24 hours a day seven days a week free of charge and what is his primary role to help He's actually described as that he not only lives with you, he takes up residence inside of you. When you place your faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside of you. Think about that. Jesus said, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me the one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and I'll show myself to them. Later in the discussion, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will, are you seeing a pattern here? They'll obey my teaching. They'll do what I command. that's, That's how we demonstrate that we in fact love Jesus is by obeying him my father will love them and and will come to them and we will make our home with them anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching jesus said all this i've spoken while i'm still here with you jesus is saying to his disciples but the advocate the holy spirit Whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. And remind you of everything I've said to you. So what's Jesus saying to his disciples back there in the first century? He's saying, guys. I'm asking. My father. To send the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of you his primary role is to help you to help you with the journey of being one of my disciples and for starters he's going to do two things for you he's going to teach you As you encounter the things that I've said, the the commands that I've made, the instructions I've given, he's going to teach you why those are the right and good ways to live your life. He's going to teach you, he's going to help you make sense of the things that you read in my revelation, the scriptures. He's going to coach you and talk you through this. This this is how we live for Jesus. He's going to teach you and then he will remind you. Like the things that he taught you and you might tend to forget. The spirit of God is going to help you by saying, hey, remember? Remember what we learned? Remember those things that Jesus said? He will remind you so this week we're just going to look at this the role of the holy spirit teaching and reminding now here's what i know for some of you this is a first you never even knew this others of you you've known this for years but you've been frustrated and disappointed maybe disillusioned because you've never really understood how it works So I'm going to attempt to explain how it works in the most simple way possible. But let's begin here. Learning to recognize the work of the Holy Spirit. Trusting his direction, his leading, his teaching and reminding. And actually doing what he leads you to do is absolutely critical to the path of becoming more like Jesus. you ready we talk about following jesus what does that mean well in in the most practical terms possible jesus is going this direction he's saying um i always move in the direction of compassion these people they're hurting these people they're hurting i'm going to move toward them with compassion Jesus says um those people have really frustrated me really annoyed me they, they've hurt me i'm going to go in the direction of grace and forgiveness um it's a really difficult situation there's a lot of money on the line but i'm going in the direction of truth and integrity I, i'm not going to lie i'm not going to cheat i'm not going to take something that's not mine i'm going to go in the direction of truth and then so if he's going in those directions, then as a disciple of Jesus, I'm following him. I'm going in the direction of compassion. I'm going in the direction of grace and forgiveness. I'm going in the direction of truth. Does it make sense? What happens in real life is we're, we're and we forget. And we get with something, something else. I, it'd be easier if I lie right now because I'm going to get in really big trouble. So I'll lie. And that's when the Holy Spirit goes, (laughs) Paul, I'm reminding you that lying is not the direction that Jesus is going. Did you follow that? Okay. But the big deal is why I have to trust his direction. Yeah, but Holy Spirit, you don't get it. If I tell the truth right now, I'm going to look really bad. I might lose this account. I could get fired. She might leave me. So now we're talking about faith. Who am I going to trust? It's a whole lot more convenient, more expedient to go in the direction of the lie. But I'm going to trust the Spirit's direction. And then I'm going to actually do what he leads me to do. And so here we are. We live our lives so often right here. What am I going to do? I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust the way the Spirit's leading me. And I'm going to tell the truth. And in telling the truth, are you ready? Are you listening? In telling the truth, we might lose the account. We might lose the job. We might watch her walk out on us. But we're going to tell the truth because in telling the truth, I become more like Jesus. And that is what the Christian life is all about, is becoming more like Jesus not keeping the job not making the bank it's becoming more like jesus and just parenthetical i make sure everybody understands this the holy spirit will never lead you to do anything that is contrary to the truth of the scriptures trust me as a pastor i've heard a million rationalizations for why somebody did something wrong Because they said the Holy Spirit led them to do it. No, he didn't. The Spirit of God will always lead you in the direction of the truths of the Scriptures. He will teach you and remind you of what? The truth of God and his word. So, about ready to wrap up. hear so much talk in the church about I just want to hear the voice of God I just wish God would speak to me and we're I don't hear anything you ready (laughs) the voice of God that we're often looking for listening for the voice of God in your life will often sound like the truth of scripture suddenly unexpectedly where did that come from coming to mind in a moment of temptation a moment of disappointment or a moment of fear When you're right here at this critical, pivotal moment of the decision that you're making between following Jesus and doing what you want to do or what your world wants you to do or what somebody else wants you to do that isn't choosing to follow Jesus. Right here in this pivotal moment, the voice of God that you're listening for is the truth of the scriptures. When that temptation is raging around you to go that direction. When that pain and that hurt, that disappointment in life is so overwhelming. And you want to go the opposite way. When, when that fear, that panic, that worry, that, that stress is so big. And you're thinking, I'm going to, the voice of God for you is the spirit God. remember, I will provide all of your needs. I love you. I will forgive you. You are my child. My son. My daughter. Follow me. Follow me. Does that make sense? That's. I mean that's as real as it gets. So. So. In these pivotal, pivotal moments of choice. We have, we have two options. We can hear the spirit and ignore him, or we can trust and we can obey. That's, that's, that's as practical as it gets. I can learn to hear the voice of the spirit of God as it reminds me of the truth of the scriptures and I can obey or I can ignore. And head off in a direction that Jesus is not going. So I leave you with this. Talk more about this next Sunday. A Christian attempting to become more like Jesus while at the same time ignoring the input of Scripture has little to no chance of seeing the transforming work of the Holy Spirit at work in their life. I, I don't have time to read my Bible, Paul. I'm so busy. then you're busy with the wrong things. I I don't have time to go to church. Certainly not four times a month. I mean, seriously. Okay, if you're not filling your heart and your mind with the truth of God as declared in the scriptures, don't be surprised that it's really hard for the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you to remind you of anything because it's not there in the first place. This is why we study the scriptures. This is why we gather for a church to fill our hearts and mind with the truth of God's word. So that the spirit of God has something that he can draw upon to say. P- we're going this direction. Makes sense? I got to go. So do you. Let's stand together. Okay, I've asked you to stand, Okay. You may remember at the start of the summer, I invited you to take a survey. Anybody remember taking a survey? All right, now here we are near the end of the summer. I'm going to ask you to take another survey about the one that we took earlier this summer. And on the front of your copy of the creek, little QR codes. Follow the prompts on your phone. We've got another survey for you. Just four questions. Easy. Just gives us a little bit of an idea of how we as a church can serve you in your journey of becoming more like Jesus. Make sense? I hope you'll do that with us. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, I'd love to make your acquaintance. I'll be here at the front of the auditorium following the service. Just come up and introduce yourself. Fair enough? Let's pray. God, thank you For sending a helper. Your Holy Spirit. I pray God that you'll open our eyes. And our ears. Our heart and our mind. To learn more and embrace better. The work of the Holy Spirit. Who lives inside of us as Christians. That we might learn how to leverage. The help that he's offering. So that we can enjoy his help in becoming more like Jesus as you've asked us help us father with these things I pray and ask in the name of Christ our Lord and Savior amen all right gang have a great week we'll see you next Sunday